When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, Matt and Courtney back here. You can read Courtney's work at uh, maybe this little website you've heard of, ESPN.com. Uh, also, my co-host on the Purple Podcast. We do it uh, every week to get ready for the Vikings matchup, and we will be doing it for the playoffs as well. I enjoyed Steve from St. Louis Park calling in and talking about Teddy Bridgewater's passes looking like a Shaq free throw. Um, I mean, for one, he was rated as one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the NFL in 2015 by Pro Football Focus. So that's not just me liking Teddy Bridgewater. You homer. I know, yeah. I mean, and uh, the other thing, too, is that's that's one website, but uh, also an, an author, a guy named Kean Fahey, who works with ESPN, who writes a book every year and tracks every single pass by every single quarterback. Uh, we've had him on the Purple Podcast before. He also had Bridgewater as being one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the league at that time. Now, the fact that he hasn't gotten into games because Case Keenum has won would make me say, of course you would not consider starting someone else over Case Keenum now because Teddy Bridgewater would just have too much rust to get in. Um, and I think if you're saying that he's not accurate it's pretty clear where you stand that you're just going to try to find a way to say you don't like Teddy Bridgewater, which I, I even the two quarterbacks like each other. So you don't have to be on team one or the other. Uh, you can say, well, yeah, all right. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater is not ready to play now. Or you could say, you know, maybe they should have turned it over to him a while ago because I'd trust him more in a playoff game. And my answer to why you wouldn't trust Case Keenum in a playoff game, it's, it's a pretty straightforward one. History, for one. This doesn't happen. Don't tell me about Trent Dilfer. It was a really long time ago. It doesn't happen that journeyman quarterbacks win Super Bowls. Last 10 years, I think, is a better sample in the passing era. None of those guys are journeyman quarterbacks who even went to the Super Bowl, not just won it. That's why you wouldn't trust Case Keenum. That in his past, he's a backup-level quarterback, and his numbers are good, Courtney, but they're not unbelievable. I mean, they're just... They're pretty good, and he's got an offense that sets him up to work, and we've seen this happen a number of times. Andy Dalton, 2015, Alex Smith every year, and when it gets to playoff time, these aren't the quarterbacks that generally win, and I don't know how you work your way around that when you're talking about believing in a career backup actually winning the Super Bowl. I think everything's set up for him this year. And that's why, you know, I've been more on the side. And I and to go back to, was it Steve who called in? Yeah. To go back to Steve's call of, you know, jumping right out the gate with Teddy Bridgewater. And, and we didn't even bring up Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> no, but that's no. been the argument all season long to where when is it going to be Teddy's time? Because 
the the team, the fan base, all encompassing has been waiting for this return. Um, in case Keenum kind of, you know, for a better phrase, he threw it off. He he essentially mm-hmm. stopped that from happening because he was playing so well. Right. And I remember starting back, you know, what was it? Ahead of week eight when, when Teddy, or you know, November 8th, when he was able to come off the pup list officially and move to the 53-man roster, I had written stuff being like, Ride the horse as long as it's as far as it's going to get you. Your horse in that circumstance, Case Keenum. Why stop something now just so you can get somebody in to get him comfortable because there's going to be rust, as we saw in a very small window. Um, uh, the Bengals game when he was thrown in there in the fourth quarter and he throws the interception. Um, all of those stats obviously were just thrown out the window just by the fact that he was able to return and play in an actual regular season NFL game. Um, but I, I think that's where some of this angst comes from, from the Case Keenum supporters for the fact of the matter is there's always been this, well, his time is about to end. His time is about to come to a close and then they're going to turn it over to their quote unquote real starter, the guy that they want him in there. You know, without taking into effect, this is working. Like, why Why are we complaining about something working right now? I mean, if you're looking big picture, if you're thinking, okay, it's not going to translate to the playoffs, take a look at some of the competition that they could potentially be facing in the playoffs. As I said, you know, they want that Panthers matchup because they just played them not that long ago, and that defense is, is good, but I think that the Vikings' defense is better. Yeah, and I just I think agree. that, you know— circumstances of of the mistakes that they made and you know Adam Thielen's catch that should have been a catch those stuff those things don't happen don't get repeated five weeks later when they face them potentially in the divisional round so uh, you know and I know we I think we have a caller or well we some... I was going to replay Jonathan has okay. pulled uh, Steve's call from earlier if uh, people missed it go ahead play that I don't get this fascination with Teddy Bridgewater Watching Teddy Bridgewater throw a pass is like watching Shaquille O'Neal throw a free throw. You throw free it's, throws? It's, it's painful. Well, you know what I'm saying. I couldn't help. I just couldn't, I couldn't help but it. It's painful. And Case Keenum has done painful. nothing but perform. He's done nothing but win. He's proven himself. I don't understand why everybody wants to toss this guy. or There's this, there's this discussion about tossing him out and putting in somebody who hasn't. You know, he's played six plays in two years or whatever yeah. it's been. The, the and wasn't that stellar when he played yeah. for us? The thing is, the discussion is done. There is no discussion right now. I don't know where. Was this call from a few weeks ago? Yeah, right, right. No, uh, no, that was no just There's no discussion few ago. right now. Like, um, this, the, the discussion ended after the Rams game. Yeah, I think that's where probably Mike Zimmer decided, A, there wouldn't be enough time to get Teddy Bridgewater ready, and B, if you can beat the Rams and then you can beat the Falcons, that you're probably going to be the starting quarterback the rest of the way. What I wonder about is when we're all said and done with this season, if Case Keenum goes out in the first round, and as you mentioned, something's set up for, a, I mean, if you get the right matchup, a potential to go all the way to the Super Bowl. But if the Saints come in and they beat you and Keenum doesn't play well, will we look back and say, hmm, I wonder if I wonder if they had just benched him and put in Bridgewater right away as soon as he was ready to go and let him shake off the rust if you would have had a better chance in the playoffs. And when you say he's proven himself, that that's where I put on the brakes. Proven himself over a short sample a number of games under a really good situation. I mean, I, I go back to Andy Dalton 2015 all the time because I would just ask anyone, 
who is entirely team case. Do you like Andy Dalton or no? And the answer is always no. Andy Dalton. Are you serious? In 2015, the guy had a 106 quarterback rating, 25 touchdowns, seven picks, 8.4 yards per attempt, top defense in the league, weapons all over the place. Now, he got hurt at the end of that season, so it's hard to say, well, he would have lost in the playoffs. But every opportunity that he's ever gotten in the playoffs, he always comes up short. And Alex Smith has had these seasons, too. And when you look at Case Keenum's numbers and how he's had to rely on the short passes, it's Alex Smith. He is Alex Smith, or he's Andy Dalton. And maybe those guys can win, but it's never happened, at least recently. And that's when you talk about, you know, he's proven himself. Well, I watched Teddy Bridgewater lead a game-winning drive that should have been a playoff win against Russell Wilson. But, I mean, so I, I look at it a, a little bit different. Let's go to uh, a different Steve, maybe, maybe a little more sane Steve. In uh, I'm just kidding, other Steve. In <laughs> Illinois, what's up, Steve? Hey, I'm just calling about listening to you guys' show all the time. Appreciate that. Um, I love it. It's a great show. Um, I was just calling. Um, the way I look at it is, um, you know, Case Keenum, I've been on board with them since they brought him in. And I look at all the teams that are looking to be in the playoffs. And other than the Panthers, it looks like the Vikings haven't went over each and one of them. And I guess my real question is, let's say the Vikings do break this curse, win the Super Bowl. Who do you think they're going for? Case Keenum or are they going to try with Teddy Bridgewater? It's a, it's a really good question, Steve. Thanks for the call. Um, if Case Keenum wins the Super Bowl, I think you'd just sign him, right? I mean, wouldn't it be the same thing with Joe Flacco, where even though his contract was a little much after he won the Super Bowl, I won the Super Bowl. You just you have to sign him to a long term contract at that point. You know how big of a slap of the, slap in the face that would be if they didn't. If he leads them to the Super Bowl, regardless, I think if he wins it or not, you mm-hmm. still go with him. I do think some of that will depend who they sign in 2018. And to recap, obviously, most people know Bridgewater, Bradford, and Keenum are all free agents mm-hmm. um, next season. I think some of it depends on who their offensive coordinator is going to be. I mean, the the word out there right now, and you know, some pretty reliable sources, you know, that that Pat Shermer is, you know, he's he's a very serious candidate for a lot of teams. Uh, we talked about this yesterday on the Purple Podcast of some landing spots for him. I think if he does stay as the offensive coordinator for the Vikings, I think Case Keenum is your quarterback. But if Pat Shermer leaves, I'm wondering how much that changes something because that's certainly part of the equation about who they're going to bring in, who's going to be Mike Zimmer's offensive coordinator of the future in, de- in depending what type of system he wants to run. Uh, just getting a couple of tweets in here. We'll get another phone call uh, with your point about Shermer. I mean, it almost looks like good is gone for as well as their offense has performed with a backup quarterback. Uh, but just, the point about the accuracy, got a tweet from Brett about how many throws were past 20 yards. Uh, well, I mean, part of that with the 20-yard throws is wide receivers and whether they can make plays on the ball. And that's not Teddy's forte, but in, if you compare his intermediate throw accuracy and his numbers on uh, somewhere between 11 and 20, uh, they were just as good as anybody in the NFL 2015. And I think sometimes we get just caught up on fantasy numbers. Like uh, we were talking about this on the Purple Podcast yesterday, where I've had people say, I think Stephon Diggs has had a down year. I mean, that's just wrong. He has had a great year. It's been quieter, essentially, but not really. Like, he missed a few weeks because of an injury. That's, I think people kind of forget, like, at least in terms of fantasy, you forget about him because you've benched him for so long. And 
you know, Adam Thielen was able to surpass him in terms of fantasy. And that's where I think that comes from. And uh, Brett follows up with, get over it, Case is better than Teddy. I don't think Case is more talented than Teddy Bridgewater. Whether he can do it now because he's been playing in this offense for the full season is a different question. And whether you would bench him now is a different question. But asking which quarterback is more talented, I I, I don't think that's really even that close. Um, in terms of the accuracy and, uh, well, oh, to the fantasy point with what you're saying about Diggs, like his pro football focus grades for the throws going his direction are the same as Adam Thielen's this year. It's just that, like you said, he sat out. And with Bridgewater, he didn't throw a lot of touchdowns because they ran the ball. <laughs> like in the red zone, they used Adrian Peterson. And it, some people can't get over it. Uh, another tweet about the delivery. Like it almost seems like with just a certain crowd, very small, that they're, they just ha- cannot be objective when it comes to analyzing Teddy Bridgewater. They had just decided very early on that he wasn't any good and they were never going to believe in him because of how he throws the ball or the gloves or the pro day or whatever it is and cannot admit in 2015 he was very, very good. And the guy that the coach of the year, I think, Mike Zimmer, wants to be his franchise quarterback. And that goes back to the question from Steve that Mike Zimmer, if they don't win the Super Bowl, if they don't reach the Super Bowl, might have major, major influence on who becomes the quarterback, and they may try to bring back uh, Teddy. Let's get another call here from Ed. What's up, Ed? Yeah, I got a, a few questions. Okay, number one, look at Grappolo. He, he was a backup quarterback, right, to New England. He's only won four in a row with San Francisco, number one point. Second point. What, 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 what does that have to do with um Because you were saying Keenum as a backup quarterback. Oh, now that's uh, that's very different. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo well, is a second-round pick and has been a prospect who's been really highly thought of. Case Keenum was undrafted and had failed as a starting quarterback for two teams. How is that similar? Okay, let me say about Keenum. What is wrong with his record? He's played. He's won. Sometimes I really think that people just want to conjure up so every day you turn on the radio, you hear the same debate, the same voices. Keenum versus this, Keenum versus that. Okay, and well, well thing, I can tell. Oh, I can tell you that if you want me to. An, well, if you want me to answer that, okay. That answer b- before before case before case Keenum got here, he was nine and fifteen as a starter. I mean, with but that's irrelevant. He's here, and he's not nine and fifteen. But but how, how I mean, is how you, is his past irrelevant? To this season is what he's saying. Because people improve. <laughs> People improve. Maybe he's got a better team he's playing with. Back figures don't mean anything. Carolina uh, won the Super Bowl, and then the next year they lost the, the everything. The third thing I have questionable is this. Hello? Yeah, I still got you. Okay. You know, we've had a great season. They've had a great run. No matter what, if they lose the first round of the Super Bowl or they go to the Super Bowl, there's no disgrace with the way they've played. And I don't think... Basing everything on the Super Bowl should should judge who should play or not. Because when you get to the Super Bowl, or if you get there, you only got four or five, six top teams left. So what is the difference? I know it's great to win a Super Bowl. It's in your hometown. But what is wrong with the way they played this year? They're a very respectable team. They're respected throughout the league. It's really sad to hear, well, if they lose the Super Bowl, Zimmer might do this or Zimmer might do that. I wish they'd get over it and just be happy with what they have. Okay. Well, Ed, uh, I think actually you bring up a really good question about whether Case Keenum's results in the playoffs will impact their decision for the Vikings for the future. I think it absolutely will. I totally think that it will. 
uh, they have had a great season. It's, I mean, for Vikings fans to see the winning streak that they put together and to watch Case Keenum go from a backup journeyman who was nine and 15 and had a 78 quarterback rating to play really well. And you're right. I mean, it has a lot to do with the supporting cast. And that's kind of the point that I've been making is that some of the quarterbacks in the past with his type of resume who've had to rely on a supporting cast don't often reach the Super Bowl. And that's the goal when you have the number one defense in the NFL, and that's what you've been building for. But let's talk, let's talk about that next, because I think that's a great point, Ed, to bring up about whether the Vikings' decision in the future of Case Keenum should be impacted by whether they reach the Super Bowl this year. Courtney and Matt in for Mackie and Judd. Want to win a 55-inch TCL Roku TV? Join John Hyde at Main Street Bar and Grill in Hopkins from 2 to 4 p.m. Monday, January 1st for the ultimate college football viewing party with Dos Equis. Come and enjoy an ice-cold one and register to win that new TV. Put game day over everything this college football season with Dos Equis, the official beer sponsor of the college football playoffs. More details at 1500ESPN.com, keyword events. Thank you, Jonathan. Matthew Collar, ESPN's Courtney Cronin in here. We'll talk uh, some wolves with Jace Frederick at the Pioneer Press coming up at 1145. It's 1215. Casey Middle's stat of the Gophers and a draft pick of the Buffalo Sabres had a goal for the ages last night at the World Juniors. So I'm going to check in with my friend from the Toronto Sun, John Mattis, on that. Some really good calls coming in about whether people trust Case Keenum going into the playoffs, knowing the history that a journeyman backup rarely is able to get his team all the way to the Super Bowl. And Courtney, Ed brought up a really interesting point about the playoffs, and he doesn't think that the Vikings' decision-making about the future of the quarterback position should be based on what happens in the playoffs, and I think it will be. I I agree. I was about to say I disagree with his point. If you're seeing how a quarterback, how anyone performs in the playoffs, essentially you're seeing them perform at the highest possible level against the best competition on the biggest stage in sport. So for me, I think that seeing Case Keenum against the Panthers defense for, you know, I'm just using that as a scenario for a second time and seeing how differently he performs. And, you know, if that is a win, that counts to me more than what he did various other points during the regular season. Um, so, so often this, this, for this argument, the reason I think it happens because of his background and because of his journey, you know, as a perennial backup in his fifth year in the NFL, um, people are expecting him to fall at some point. Okay. Where's the tipping point in the case Keenum, you know, in the case Keenum picture, where does this go wrong? Does it go wrong when you have an injured offensive line? Does it go wrong when you take away the run game? Does it go, you know, for the offense? Does it go wrong when you don't have an Adam Thielen or, you know, something else happens there? Stephon Diggs, obviously, they're working on contract situations coming up with him soon. Um, what, where, where does this thing fall? Because so few people in this league, so few quarterbacks are non system guys that you can pick up and plop in anywhere. Drew Brees, Tom Brady. And Aaron Rodgers. That's it. Some people want to throw Russell Wilson in there. I don't think so. Um, That's why this conversation is getting brought up. And I think there's just still that mystery luring around someone like Teddy Bridgewater. And the fact of the matter, you know, his completion percentage. People want to talk about his record completion percentage for someone in their first two years in the season. You know, 65% essentially. That's a big factor. 
He did that with a dink and dunk attack, which for a guy like Mike Zimmer, he wasn't taking as many, you know, his quarterback wasn't taking as many deep shots, as many wild throws. And I think that makes a defensive court, defensive minded guy, a former defensive coordinator, a lot more comfortable. That's where that's all coming from. And that there's still this big mystery. Can he be a franchise quarterback? We don't know that yet. And yeah, the sample size is very small. Yes, two seasons for someone who was a rising star. He needs to get back to that because that that allure is gone right now. We don't know what the future holds because we haven't seen him. Well, I was referring to the sample size on Keenum for being good, but both of their sample size is pretty small. What I tend to trust is skill sets more than I trust small sample size numbers because you see them go all over the place in the NFL. Uh, the one year that Kerry Collins goes 12-4 and four as a starter when he was totally washed up and old and gets the, the Tennessee Titans into contention, but then when the playoffs come around, that's where the game changes, and that's why I think you would consider it highly, much more highly than going 20-23 for 23 against the Bengals team that doesn't feel like it. He's performed well against good competition in the regular season in a couple of games, and I think when you've taken four years to build up a roster that can have a number one defense with a great coach and everybody's in their prime and all the playmakers that you, as you mentioned, they don't always hang around forever and sometimes they get hurt and sometimes your offensive coordinator is going to leave. So you sit here and say, we've got this window to win that is only going to last a few years. Do we have the guy that's going to be able to get us over the top with that? Or is it just going to be enough to be competitive as we've seen so many other teams have throughout the years? It's where it's just good enough to be in the conversation, but never good enough to get over the top. So really enjoying the calls on this 651-646-8255. Do you trust Case? And does what he does in the playoffs matter to you in terms of being the franchise quarterback long term? Let's go to uh, Mark and Hopkins. What's up, Mark? Hey, guys. I'm enjoying the conversation here. Um, I think it's interesting on these phone calls that uh, they like to criticize you guys about not enjoying this this year at all. But we are enjoying this year. That's not the problem. It's just we have to decide on a quarterback for next year, and that's that's a talking point. Like, if, 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 if the listeners don't want you guys to talk about that, then I guess, there's there's not too much to talk about between <laughs> the week between Christmas and New Year's and <laughs> and the so, weather's not great, Mark. The weather right. is just not good, so we can't right. even say what a nice day outside. Right, exactly. <laughs> so you know what, you need something to talk about, and you know what, you have three quarterbacks on the roster right now who aren't signed for 2018. So yeah, the playoffs are kind of important in deciding this. So well, uh, just wanted to mention that. But well, yeah, Mark, I let mean, me well let me ask you before you drop off. What uh, what do you think about the the playoffs? Should it impact how we feel about Keenum long term, or have we seen enough? I mean, if you, if you're going to sign him for more than three or four years, I think it absolutely matters because it, it, it's going to be really tough if Case Keenum gets us to the NFC Championship game and they lose in in close fashion or something like that. I think that's going to make it really tough. I think. If you get to a Super Bowl, I think it'd be really hard not to give Case Keenum a contract. Appreciate the call, Mark. Thanks, man. Are we talking? Are we talking Mike Glennon money in those types of circumstances? Oh, I mean, he's I, getting paid either way. Um, I think if he reaches the Super Bowl, you're talking about you're talking about hundred million dollar type contract. 
I mean, if, if I don't buy that, right? Yet. Don't you no, think? I, if you yeah. get to the Super Bowl, don't you think that that's what he's demanding? Because I mean, Derek Carr really got paid on pretty much one year. Mm-hmm. Mm. Wouldn't wouldn't Case be seeking the same sort of thing if he was good enough to get a team to the Super Bowl? Yeah, and Case hasn't been injured either. I mean, Carr was coming off of that fibula injury, and he still got paid that in the off season, one twenty five. So, I mean, for Quarterback money is crazy yeah, because there's no middle class. It's either you're paying this guy all in or not at all. The only exception is, like you said, the Mike Glennon, but he was a backup in, in Tampa Bay. But, I mean, in Brian Hoyer, too. I mean, th- we've talked about this before, that we think that that was a scenario where, regardless, he's going to get a nice paycheck coming. You know, from this season, he's set mm-hmm. himself up to get paid either way. But does it go from, you know, the rare upper middle class quarterback to, mm-hmm. you know, this Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson type money. You know, what I, I don't know if I'm there yet. No, I, I don't think you can be until you see him win in the playoffs. And if you got to the Super Bowl and didn't win, then I think at that point I would say, okay, well, he got you to the Super Bowl. He's proven he can do that. So you should have him as your quarterback. Um, but if you play in the first round or your first game, and there's two or three interceptions on bad throws, I think you factor that in. And Brian Hoyer's a a good guy to bring up because he gets the Houston Texans to the playoffs and throws, what, three or four picks against the Chiefs, I think it was, and that was it. And, you know, like this great team wasted because a backup-level quarterback or a career backup-style quarterback, uh, when it was really tough and you were playing a really good team, was not able to come through. And I think that's the fear with Case Keenum that maybe the last box to check off, that he's checked off all the other ones. Um, Real quick, one thing I like about the conversation with Case is that he cracks the door open enough to make you nervous. The throws against Green Bay, the throw against the Bengals, the interceptions against uh, Carolina, even though he's won, it's just enough inaccurate throws that Adam Thielen has had to bail you out. Yeah, right. Rams. The yeah. Rams, where you wonder if Cooper Cup doesn't fumble at the goal line, if the game is a little different. He's left the door open enough for half of the fan base to feel like some of our callers that are like, what do you mean? He's great. And another half to go, uh, you remember that if this or that happens in a playoff game, maybe haha Clinton Dix picks it off and runs for six um, instead of dropping that ball if it's the playoffs. And that's what makes this conversation interesting to me about Case Keenum in the future. The other thing is, too, um, when Ed, the caller earlier, brought up, well, why can't we just enjoy it? See, I enjoy it all the time. They could be 1-15, in 15 and I would still enjoy covering the team. So, Well, I think, it's, it's, I, think it's, I think it's a fan perspective of they're having such a high and unexpected— nobody expected this. It's an unexpected surprise that Case Keenum has been this good. I mean, there's always the people like, yeah, we knew he'd be this good. We knew his background. We knew once given a shot, a real shot, not a Jeff Fisher shot— um, that he would be, once he got in a good system, that he would be this dynamic. Um, enjoy it while it's here. No, I agree with that. I think that the system works right now. That's why I've always been a bit pro- big proponent of don't pull him, you know, earlier in the regular season, right around the time of the Washington game when Teddy's active for the first game. Okay, is this the last we're going to see Case Keenum? Are they going to start working mm-hmm. Bridgewater back into the scenario? What game on the road, Atlanta, you know, was I thinking that they'd pull him? Potentially that one. It hasn't happened, so I think that's why, for me, the conversation has died. I'm not saying I'm completely on the side with Steve, our first Steve, but I do think that you have to take some of that into consideration with 
it's working right now. I mean, yes, of course, because of the free agency conversation, you want to build that up where you look past this year and you look past what he's done. Can he do it again? Can he do it if if mm-hmm. part you know there's going Joe Berger is very easily going to retire this next year. Like the offensive line is good and obviously they were able to get their bookends with, you know, locking up Riley Reef and Mike Remmers for a few years, but they're going to be pieces of this team that change, pieces of this offense that, you know, that change. I mean, Jarek McKinnon could not be on, might not be on this team next year because he might go get paid and be someone else's number one running back. I yeah, mean, how does this whole thing change? You know, does he have to be right now in the system that he's at to be at his peak in terms of production? Or once you start plucking and replacing, does he become a different quarterback? I mean, I think he's very adaptable. I think in Shermer's system, he too can adapt and he too has gotten better. But I'm also, I just, there's part of me that just doesn't, isn't ready to fully commit yet. And there might be the thought in the Vikings' mind, too, that this was this was very good and we're 10th in scoring, but maybe with someone else we would have been even better than this because they've had to rely so much on the short attack. Uh, somebody asked, uh, what, what would their record be if Bradford had been their quarterback? Like, I don't know, maybe undefeated? <laughs> because he could make so many throws that go down the field if he was given the protection. He wasn't last year. Maybe it would have been even better, which does sound like just being a hater toward case, but I think it's also being realistic at how he's gotten to this level of success uh, statistically and in the, in the win loss. And there have been first halves where you say, ah, boy, if your defense wasn't perfect against Atlanta in that first half, maybe you end up down a couple points and then that game turns out differently. So there's enough that case has done to crack the door open to have questions about him as you go into the playoffs. Great question brought up. Uh, earlier by a caller, does it matter what he does in the playoffs to whether you want to buy in to Case Keenum? 651-646-8255. About 15 minutes away from some Wolves talk. ESPN's Courtney Cronin. Matthew Collar in for Mackie and Judd. Matt and Courtney back here in for Phil Mackie and Judd Zoged. We'll be back next week. And tomorrow, here's a tease for you for tomorrow. If you tune in tomorrow from 10 to noon, not only will you hear my analysis of every bowl game for Judd. Good Lord. <laughs> we win this a is, pony or something like, is, you know, great. Uh, yes, we will also be giving away a pony. Um, you'll hear every bowl game analysis in depth, just like earlier when we were talking about Nick Chubb in the running game. And you broke down uh, Georgia's secondary, so uh, you'll get that. I'm gonna call in just to just to like have a. I'm, you're just gonna start seeing a name pop up on the screen over here. Like, oh no, I know what she wants to talk about. Yeah, yeah. I'll just clear her out, or maybe <laughs> right now you should fly to that bowl game so you can cover it live for the station because it's that important to us. But the other thing is, you also get to hear the story of Judd and I getting lost in Wisconsin uh, on our way back. I've only heard parts of it. And, yeah. it, and it surprises me because person driving the car used to make that drive, I believe, semi-frequently. Okay, so are you the type of person, just personality type question for you, who if you think you know the way, but you're not 100% sure, you will just try to figure it out yourself, or will you immediately go phone? If there's any question, go phone GPS. Phone. I'm not Magellan. Like <laughs> I'm not going to like go on a quest and end up in Wausau. On my way home from Green Bay. Okay. My, but what, what what happens if your phone doesn't have service because on that... Because you're in Wisconsin. Yeah, because you're in... Sorry, Wisconsin friends. I mean, Wisconsin's essentially Minnesota, except to the right. 
yeah. and um, to the right meaning directionally, not saying in you know, multiple ways, probably. Um, um, there's also there's just a lot of um, farmland, as Judd and I discovered. I am exactly like you. If I have any doubts about where I'm going or even if I think, oh, there might be traffic that way, then I go phone immediately like, all right cellular device you're here for a reason and if as long as the uh iphone people haven't slowed it down on purpose then i should be able to figure this out well my wife and judd have something in common that if they think they know the way they'll just try to figure it out and many a time it's been all right fine get the phone out <laughs> i i know people like that i'm like did you like invent are, are you are you Magellan? Are you is his name Ferdinand? I don't know. Um, um I have no idea. Is that, that, drives, is that the linebacker for Georgia? <laughs> no, no. We're not going to go with your Nick Chubb knowledge of of Georgia. How do you not know him? He's a uh, national name. I don't know. I'm disappointed. He plays running back for Georgia. I mean, I don't even know the Gophers players. <laughs> I mean, he is one of the best running backs in the nation, but and I, running back positions devalue. That's my that's my excuse. <laughs> that's your there. excuse. Uh, you know what? Yeah, the, and, and the former Georgia running back is probably going to win MVP this year. Good for him. Uh, the the devices. Yeah, Todd, Todd Gurley. Yeah, no, you're probably right about that because he's like half wide receiver and averages 12 yards a catch. Um, I didn't know that he went to Georgia. Sorry, you didn't know Todd Gurley went to Georgia. There's probably a lot of things that you could ask me about college football that I wouldn't know because it's just it's background to me. It's, I think for a lot of people, baseball's like that. If you were like, you don't know the relief pitcher for the Diamondbacks, they'd be like, <laughs> nah, no, because it's the Diamondbacks, and why would I do that? Um, but I think the, uh, the GPSs on the cellular devices have saved lots of marriages now, because even when my wife and I started dating, like 10 years ago, you had to like print out the the directions, be like, where was that street? I don't know where that was. And if you are on the East Coast, a lot of the roads and stuff were designed when it was like horses just going through trails trying to figure it out and like you go to dc or boston good luck driving in in dc we went to dc once and we're just who knows where in some suburb that was definitely not in washington dc anymore going like wait a minute it said this street we were supposed to take a left and that's just it's like it'll change your life the fact that you never have to have that argument anymore do people buy garments is that still a stocking stuffer gift we had Gift. one, and you know what its name was? Its name was Teddy. We named it. Actually, I think it said Teddy on it. So that's obviously where my Bridgewater bias comes from. Oh, totally. But we had one, and those would get confused. They they would get confused if it was like a, a different street or something every once in a while, or it would lose the GPS, and it would be like, oh, I don't know where you are, so good luck. <laughs> <laughs> the, the phones are, uh, are much more reliable. Anyway, Unless they lose service in the middle of the frozen tundra of Wisconsin. I did a story once on LaShawn McCoy where I went and visited his uh, prep school and service got lost. That is the one issue of relying on the phone a lot because I am absolutely the person that would drive into a lake. It scares me a little because as I've been told, there are many lakes here that like if the phone said, keep going straight into that lake, I'd be like, you're the boss. You're you're seeing it from space. I'm just I'm just driving here. Sounds like you're a system guy. Sounds I'm a system like, guy. Sounds like yes. you couldn't. I'm a system driver. Uh, before you go, because you got to head out to Winter Park, I do. and I'm going to talk with. I'm going to go um, walk across the street and see if I can uh, not get arrested for jaywalking. A guy pointed out earlier that there is a crosswalk, but you kind of have to go up a little hill. Kinda, it's actually more dangerous to go through the crosswalk because it's right off of the the traffic circle. So if someone's coming full speed to the right. 
and they don't see you, you you're probably ending up down at Masonic Hospital. Like uh, you're going to be in some pain. I don't think I ever expect anyone to be in that crosswalk. So it's, it's, it's just, not. It's in a very strange place. Who's yeah. going from Mid County Bank? The building that we're in for our media availability, like for our media workroom. Who's, yeah, we got to cross the street. It was actually just put in there for us Many, because nobody's going from there to the Vikings facility unless you work for the team. Yeah. And no one uses that crosswalk either. And with uh, jaywalking, it's always use your best judgment with it, with jaywalking. Like it shouldn't even be a law. Anyway, I'm mostly not kidding on that. Uh, before you head out, though, last thought on the topic at hand, which is whether the Vikings will value, not your opinion, but whether you think from your coverage of the team, reporting, watching what they do, do you think that they will highly value Case's performance in either one, two, or three playoff games to whether he's the quarterback next year? I think postseason will weigh on it very heavily, yes, because there's always been that but what if this, the the but dot 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 about Case Keenum? So I mean, can he can he perform in the playoffs with an undersized pocket? Can he throw effectively from the pocket? I mean, we've seen him get there in the last few games. Uh, you know, maybe dating back to I'm trying to think, maybe dating back to the Rams game, so week eleven. We've seen that kind of become a trend. I think they want that more consistent consistently because they know he can evade the blitz. They know he's good on the run. They know he's got. They they've been able to fully utilize his mobility, and I think that they're a little bit more comfortable now with his accuracy. I mean, there was always the wild throws and his arm strength, and you know, is he an accurate quarterback? He's shown that, and he's shown that he gets it done by not having to, as you said, establish a deep passing game. What we saw in Atlanta was a perfect example over that from where, you know, they couldn't, he wasn't throwing outside. Those throws were, you know, between the numbers and over the middle of the field that was working. He's adaptable and he's done some really good things this year. You take it to the next level by winning that first round, excuse me, that second round playoff game that would be in the divisional round. Should they get the first round by and, you know, you win the NFC to me, it's, to me, it's you win the NFC championship, and that seals it for me. You got to get all the way there. Is that that's what yeah. you're saying? You think that to, to do but that? But I'm not necessarily somebody who believes that it's Super Bowl or bust for Case Keenum getting re-signed with the Vikings. I think it's before that. I think NFC championship. If Philadelphia is still in it at that point, if the Vikings aren't playing that game at home, like that's you know sets it up even better. All right, we'll talk uh, some Wolves with Jace Frederick of the Pioneer Press coming up next. Courtney, go hold some people accountable out of Winter Park and do not get hit by a car, please. I will try. All right, Matthew Collar. Courtney's headed out now. Jonathan's here as well. We'll talk a little bit of hoops. The uh, Wolves blowing a lead last night. We'll talk with uh, Jace Frederick of the Pioneer Press when we come back here on 1500 ESPN. All right, back here on Mackie and Judd. Matthew Collar in today. It'll be Judd and I tomorrow on Saturday, and we'll have lots of bowl games to talk about because why not? And uh, great job by Courtney filling in. Appreciate her work. She's headed out to Winter Park now. And uh, if you want to chime in, I really enjoyed the conversation uh, with the phone calls we've gotten today, the tweets, all that stuff. Um, about Case Keenum and whether the playoffs should impact how the Vikings feel about him long-term or whether you've already decided. A caller earlier said he already knows what he's got with Case Keenum and he wants him to be the quarterback going forward. Um, But I think the Vikings organization is probably hesitant on that as uh, there was a report that they 
have not reached out to him about a contract extension. So feel free to give us a call on that, 651-646-8255. But we're going to switch over to some basketball now uh, with Jace Frederick of the Pioneer Press, one of my favorite basketball writers. What's going on, man? Hey, Matthew. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, sure thing. So last night, uh, they go into Milwaukee to face Giannis Antetokounmpo, whose name I really enjoy saying. Same here. And uh, also love playing with him on video games because he's an unstoppable freak. No one should be that fast and that tall at the same time. Do you agree? No, you're absolutely right. I mean, he's he's kind of – people always talk about, like, if someone is kind of a new generation player. Like, there, some, you can compare guys to almost anybody. You can't really compare him to anybody. I mean, like, is there a good comparison for Giannis Antetokounmpo? I, I can't think of one. Um, the only thing I can think of is really what LeBron looked like when he was coming up, where you kind of said the same thing, only this guy's taller. Right, exactly. Yeah, he's even longer than LeBron. I mean, I agree with you in terms of general size and skills, but Giannis is even longer. I mean, he looks like even more of a freak. Yeah, maybe um, if Kevin Garnett had played point guard. Yes, that is good. That is good. A young Kevin Garnett um, with, with maybe just a little bit more of Giannis' skill set. Maybe young Kevin Garnett body with LeBron James' skill. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, he's he is uh, the Greek freak for a reason, and his Euro step around Jimmy Butler was phenomenal. But from the Wolves' standpoint last night, I kind of expected it. When they got up, I sat there and said, I don't think they're going to be able to hold this lead because they played in overtime the night before and Jimmy had to carry them all the way to that win. And I felt like when they lost it, I wasn't that mad that they lost it because of what they had done the night before. No, I I think you're exactly right. And you looked at that two-game set, home Denver at Milwaukee, a split was going to be acceptable. I mean, I think a split is a good result there. It just... It's always going to be a little bit disappointing. I think from a fan perspective, when the team gets up 20 points, you think that's a game they should probably win. But with Minnesota, I mean, and still their lapses defensively, you could see it in that second half or, you know, that third quarter, they get up and they do tend to relax a little bit and they don't play defense with the same intensity that they did, you know, early on in the game. They made some silly turnovers. Milwaukee gets back into it. We've seen this play out a few different times for them this year. And it's happened sometimes against teams like Phoenix where, you can let Phoenix back into the game, and you're just better than them, so you're going to win late. But when you play a team like Milwaukee and they get their momentum going, it can be a little bit more difficult, I guess, to kind of turn the tide. Uh, Jace, I've gotten um, to put on my basketball shoes this week hosting and, and talk a lot of hoops, and I, I get the sense from fans that even though they're happy that this team is relevant at this point in the season, that outside of Jimmy Butler and the unequivocal love for his game, the rest of the team is kind of disliked uh, in this city. Why would you say that that is? These cities, sorry. Um, you know, it's an interesting, interesting question. It's something I've thought about a little bit. I don't think, I just think people look at like, you know, this is kind of an area that really likes like, like guys who smile and are, and are friendly and whatnot. So then you have Tom, uh, Tom Thibodeau who doesn't show any like positive emotion and yells the whole game. I think that turns a lot of people off and the fact that this is his team. Uh, kind of turns them a little bit off uh, at times. Um, you look at Jeff Teague, I don't think it's anything he's done, but people really love Ricky Rubio here, so Jeff Teague was always going to have to be phenomenal uh, for, for people to really change their opinions and their thoughts about who the starting point guard on this team should have been. And then with like Wiggins and Towns, I think they're just I think people are just kind of frustrated by maybe a lack of progression. I mean, I, I just think a lot of people look at it and think, well, Towns should have been one of the best players in the NBA by now, and Andrew Wiggins should have been, you know, and an all-star, which he probably won't be this year either. Um, you know, and and their lack of progression on defense. So, 
I just think there are like little individual things with each different group of players uh, and and like Tibbs and as to why people maybe are having a harder time embracing this team and embracing the success and instead prefer to just kind of I don't know point out little different things that they don't like and and also I do think maybe there's, there's some smart basketball fans in the sense that. There were some things early in the year, even as they were winning games, where maybe the process wasn't great, but the result was. Mm-hmm. And people, you know, they they want the process to be better, and they kind of point out things. I don't know. Maybe they just don't trust exactly what this group can do, and it doesn't look exactly like they thought it would in their minds. But it it has been an interesting thing to kind of watch it play out and watch the fans' relationship with this team. Yeah, early in the season too, they got a little bit lucky with playing some teams that didn't have their star players, which I think might make you question some of the wins and is is the record for real and early in the season they struggled in the fourth quarters but uh, that's kind of come around save for last night that's kind of come around a little bit now one guy that is uh, popular across the board is Tyus Jones maybe it's the one of us thing going on there but I also think there's something to it don't you Jace that uh, maybe he's better than people give him credit for yeah and advanced stats love him I mean you look at like ESPN's real plus minus which I've heard from people like like stat people around the league. It's the numbers. Those are maybe like the the real plus minus are the numbers that best tell you without watching the game how someone performed. So I, I look at them all the time. And Tyus Jones is twelfth in the NBA in point guard in among point guards in real plus minus. Uh, his defensive real plus minus is a positive number, which is a rarity at, at point guard. And his offensive numbers have been pretty good too. And things just seem to flow pretty well when he's on the court. Now you want to talk about like I think people have been frustrated by a lack of progression from Wiggins and Towns. Tyus Jones is somebody who's progressed every single year and mm-hmm. continues to improve parts of his game. Defensively, he's gotten much better. I mean, much better in that end. Uh, he's improved his shooting. He just he seems to be a guy who's on an upward trajectory and really kind of seems to make guys play a little bit better around him, which is, I think, something fans kind of can appreciate. And, you know, it's he's, he's pretty well liked. They get the sense in the locker room, too. Like, people like playing with him, and, and they like him in general. Uh, last thing for you, Jace, I was talking the other day, uh, just getting some calls in and uh, talking about what a good season is for this team. What would uh, fans give a thumbs up to? Do you have to win a playoff series? Do you have to have a playoff series look good? Do you have to go really deep? Do you have to upset the Warriors? I mean, what what is it that you think fans would need to consider this season a win after uh, all the hype of the offseason? Yeah, and that's the thing I've kind of wavered on. I, I traditionally stick to the fact that if they just win a playoff series, it will go down as a good season. Um, and, you know, and maybe get like the four or five seed and, and win a hotly contested six, seven game first round. That'll be enough progression for a team that hasn't made the playoffs in 13 years that fans will be happy with that. But then I can also see, you know, with the way fans feel about this team right now and the way it's kind of treated, I think if they won a first round series and then say they played like the Warriors in the second round and got like swept. I think people might start nitpicking them again and saying, like, well, look how far away they are from a championship and whatnot. So from my perspective, I think if you win a series, you know, with this group coming together and you still have some young guys who you would think will continue to progress and this team could continue to evolve over the next couple of years here, I think if you take that first step of getting to the playoffs and winning a series, that's a positive year. Now, if you get to the playoffs and lose in that first round, say you get like a six seed and lose maybe a, a not entirely competitive first-round series, then that would probably be a little bit alarming uh, because you're probably not where even – Tibbs and them thought they would be at this point, but win a series, I would say that's a good year. And I think it's win a series and also don't get murdered in the uh, in the second series. Jace, uh, really great stuff. I enjoy following you on Twitter and uh, your writing as well. I think you're doing uh, great work around the Wolves. Thanks for popping in, man. 
Appreciate the time, sir. That's uh, Jace Frederick. Make sure you see his work uh, for the Pioneer Press. Something new on the Miguel Sano situation from Jeff Passan of Yahoo. When we come back, also feel free to pop on and uh, we'll, we'll take a Wolves call, but uh, also talking about Case Keenum and how much you're valuing the playoffs to whether he is the quarterback of the future. We'll do that next. Matthew Collar in for Mackie and Judd. This view was worth a hike. Right? And it's a good way to stay on top of my health. Yes, I'm Cologuard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. Have you screened for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. It's more treatable when caught in early stages. Tell me more. Cologuard is non-invasive and it's used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep, even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive result should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Cologuard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay $0.00. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Cologuard is right for you, or visit Cologuard.com. I'm in.